We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Storm Dart Weather Podcast. This is episode 94. I'm Rando. And I'm Corey. And Corey was uh, choking there. You got a little choked up right before we, we started. <laughs> this is so much fun. I always get a little choked up before the show. Yeah. Well, I'm, that was kind of funny, though. I wasn't expecting you to get <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. It happens. Well, we'll talk about a soft start. Uh, anyway, this is the Storm Dark Weather Podcast. The title of this episode is Warm Up This Week, which uh, we need one. It's going to be nice <laughs> compared to what we have had. I well, mean, we had a little taste of winter. Yeah, and last week, I mean, that, that was just a week ago. Remember that? Because we had that winter weather, uh, uh, winter weather advisory, and... You stayed home. We did that remotely, remember? And I mean, it worked fine, but man, it got cold. It got, but it didn't do that much. I mean, here. Well, it was the first event. So everybody's going to hype, not hype it up, but just get everybody, excited. Everybody yeah. is more sensitive to the first event, yeah. including the National Weather Service yeah. and everybody else because they're not used to it. You know, you have that event come February or early March and we don't even hardly talk about it. Oh, yeah. They, they forecast four inches of snow. We're like, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever's going to snow. <laughs> but 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 I, I, I'll say this. They kept changing it and upping it for Branson. It was like out of nowhere, three inches, which wasn't going to happen. Uh, yeah, I was like, yeah. You know, usually I cut those in half, and, and, and even that would have been way overshooting it. Yeah, I mean, that that's our rule. It's like whatever the models say, take half of that, maybe add a little bit more, uh, and that's only if it's in the event, but no. Now, some places, they got white on the ground and, and the roads. I saw pictures from, like, Ozark and different places. A lot of the places canceled school the very next day. We didn't have to here. No. And I was I was really surprised because, it, you know, I said before, a day before, I think Sunday, when we, or, we well, we did the live cast on Friday, and then we did the live cast, or I did my little informal live cast on Sunday, and I'm like... It's not going to be that big of a deal. I've been, I was kind of downplaying it because I, I, I wasn't saying it wasn't going to happen. But when we get excited, or when I get excited, I'm talking about, you know, possibly some ice and no travel and four or five inches of snow. I mean, this is just going to be, like you said, a little dusting up in Ozark. Well, that's a dusting. So the, to the general well, it's public, it's hard to tell yeah. where exactly is going to be impacted the most because we had several wrecks along I-44 in the Joplin area. That's true, yes. They had some flash freezing, especially on the overpasses and bridges uh, over there, which can happen, and it can happen almost instantly where it's fine, and then boom, you have 15 wrecks in, in yeah. 30 minutes. Well, that's because the temperature was falling so steadily. It's and it like was. All of a sudden, bam. And it wasn't stopping 
at 32, it was keeping keep, no. You know, it was it was it was a hard freeze. We that day. were on our way down to the teens at yeah. that point. Yeah. I, see, here's the thing that I thought was really really strange. You know, we had the winter weather advisory to central Missouri, and I thought, okay, well, that's pretty much where it's going to stay. And then all of a sudden. Northeast Oklahoma went under, and I went, whoa. Now, I don't know who did it first, but we had Tulsa, and we had Little Rock. L- right, Little Rock did and it. usually Little Rock is way last. Yeah, they wait to the last minute. But then, recently, it's been Springfield doing it last. We didn't have anything for any of Southwest Missouri, so I'm, I'm texting with you going, okay, now wait a minute. I'm really confused here. We got Tulsa going winter weather advisory. We got Central Missouri. We got Harrison. I mean, Harrison went way before we did. Yeah, they went about the same time Tulsa did. But we had all those wrecks around the Joplin area before a winter weather advisory was issued, and I think that's probably why they pulled the trigger. Yeah, for everybody. I mean, well, for all of us. Like, six Whoa. o'clock for everybody but us, and, and it was <laughs> nine o'clock not. for here because it's they like... thought we were going to get a swath <laughs> of three inches down here, which didn't oh, happen. Oh, but... God. Models, 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 yeah. models. Yeah. See, maybe there's too many models, and they and they update too frequently because that puts the National Weather Service in a bind. It puts us in a bind because things change with every run. Oh yeah. And you have a different model to look at every time you turn on the computer. Well, yeah, especially the her. That's every hour. Yeah. And it's usually pretty good, but well, it updates every hour. So, but it's not long range, so it's no. going to have a better track record. Exactly, and that's why I thought, hmm, because I saw it kind of picking up, and I thought, well. And then the next run of the NAM started picking up on it. I mean, uh, bottom line, yes, we did get some some frozen precipitation. It snowed a little bit, eh, but it wasn't a big deal. I mean, in in my view, as as an amateur meteorologist looking at this, or amateur weather enthusiast, I should say, is it wasn't a huge deal. If it, a huge deal to me would be like, don't go out. You know, the road crews will have to get out there. We're going to have two or three inches of snow, and and it's we're going to be paralyzed for like a few hours until they get... No, it wasn't anything. But I'm glad to get the first event out of the way. Right. And that's exactly what it was. I agree. It, now, it's not only winter <laughs> weather that the, first hap, that the first hype happens. It's also spring storms too they they, yeah. they get everybody gets all there are more sensitive to the first time yeah. for and, the season and in everybody's defense how many years has it been that we've had any type of winter weather before january this well, is the first this is the first of i mean we had a little something on halloween a few years ago we were doing lives almost every night in december because we thought we were going to have an event the week of Christmas or the week after, and that's right. I, I yeah. forget when, 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 a couple of years or three years ago, and it didn't really amount to much here anyway. I think other places may have gotten something, but uh, we here haven't gotten anything. Since, I mean, it's usually I mean, later substantial. In the I mean, we may have had a flurry or two, but nothing that yeah. would be. Winter weather advisory, I don't remember. Well, I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. You mentioned, you, you know, I looked at my Facebook memories, <laughs> and we had a winter weather advisory, and it must have gotten cold, or we had some flurries or something, last year on November 12th. Really? We, yeah. We need to look that up, because I was looking at my old post, and 
and I was mocking the the cold winter weather. I did the same thing this year on the Facebook page. I said, "Hey, winter's still thirty eight days away, or whatever." Uh, right. That was a great post, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I but I did it. the same thing last year, and then I got to looking, and we had some kind of a winter scare on November twelfth last year. So we need to look that. I'm going to look that up. Where's my pencil? There's my pencil. On the twelfth, right? Right around there. Twelfth and eighteen. I'm going to. And this year's okay. would have been on the 11th. 11-11, yeah. 11-11. <laughs> you know, that's what worries me because what's what's going to happen is, okay, we had a little bit of flurry on Halloween, which is a recognized, not holiday, it's a recognized day. We had some winter weather advisory on the 11th, 11, which was another recognized day. There's something coming in. The GFS is saying on around Thanksgiving, I wonder if this is going to be the year of... You know, we have these recognized days like Thanksgiving and Christmas. Something's going to happen. I don't know. What do you think? Um, What's happened twice? We got Veterans Day and we got Have you seen the latest temperature uh, outlooks for the next two weeks? Not two weeks. I I look for the ones like in the the CPC three months. I'm looking at the next two weeks and we're kind of normal in the Oh, we're in EC? Yeah. Okay. But you never know. I mean, yeah. Well, and, and I've seen other winter weather outlooks that, t- that say, too, it's like it, just because it says average or equal, you know, chances or whatever, that doesn't mean that we're not going right. to get, sure. you know, these cold snaps. And we always say this, too. There's going to be little heat waves. There's going to be little cold snaps. It's the average. Well, honestly, we're when at. you're in a long range equal chance, uh-huh. that gives us a much better chance than we've had in the past few years. <laughs> It's true. Because everything's been warm. Way warm. Way it's warm. Like, oh, we actually have a fighting chance this year. <laughs> and you know what? I haven't... Uh, when was the last time I checked El Nino status, the ENSO status? Is it two months I checked, ago? I checked it just this week. And oh, you did? I haven't. It's not... Nothing, not, not a, nothing happened. Oh, we're in La Nada. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think so. I... I... Yeah. I, I'm They don't expect convinced. anything at least through spring anyway. Yeah. Okay, so we're just going to have a normal winter, I guess. But the well, good news is... what is normal? Huh? What is normal? Uh, highs in the 40s, lows in the upper 20s. That's normal. But that doesn't account for what what I just said, those spikes that we're going to have down and the spikes we're going to have up. Which we've already had. Uh, right. Yeah. Because the normal high right now, uh, today, for, Brand- uh, for uh, Springfield, actually, is 56, and the low is 44. That's pretty close Yeah, to what we're going to have right now. Tonight, and, it's going to be in the 40s. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. low around 40. Did, didn't we get in the 60s? I mean, I was not wearing a coat this afternoon. Today, on the official Stormdar weather radio, official. radio, radio station, yeah, weather radio, station. Weather station, yeah. I think we got to 60. But to say, yeah, and tomorrow's going to be even warmer. Yeah, That's, we may hit 65 this week. Yeah, I think I think we're going to get warmer than they say. Personally, well, if you look uh, at the trends on warmer days, we have had that in the past. Couple we kind of bust through that, man. They say, "Oh, high in the sixties," and it's like seventy-two. Yeah, well, we had almost seventy-five the day before the. Oh, the crash! Day. Oh, geez, the crash! Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's what they're that's what they say. Uh, <clears throat> Now, I mean, we got rain coming in. We'll talk about that in a second. But this warming trend into the 60s, 65 is the projected now for Wednesday. 63 is the projected for tomorrow. Of course, we're recording this on Monday evening. Um, and then we've got uh, the uh, moisture-laden system coming in. 
I've heard two or three different theories on this thing. I mean, you can tell me what you've heard. Let me tell you what I've heard. The one theory I've heard about this, a lot of rain coming in is we're going to have a front come in, but we're also going to have the remnants of Raymond. We actually had a tropical storm in the Pacific named Raymond. Now, it's long gone now. And even yesterday, remnants of Raymond were going to combine, this is from the National Hurricane Center, was going to combine with the disturbance, not going to develop anything, but it was going to give a lot of precipitation along the Baja Peninsula, move north, going into Arizona, New Mexico, and kind of come up into our area, which was going to give us a nice 36 hours, whatever, uh, some precipitation. Now, yesterday... The National Weather Service said, okay, well, it's going to be Wednesday night. It's going to be that front that come through, but then it's going to last till maybe noon on Thursday, and then we're going to have partly cloudy skies and everything's going to be fine. Well, that was yesterday. So 24 hours later, today is Monday. Now they are saying, okay, we're going to get some rain Wednesday night. That's pretty much a given, but it's going to linger into Thursday, possibly Thursday night, and now there's more precipitation on Friday, and that's going to leave... I don't know what, what to do because it's changed so dramatically. I mean, it, it's only Monday. It is only Monday. And they're projecting five days out from now. So that's impossible. It's only, well, it's only Monday. Wednesday's two days from here. Yeah, Wednesday, right. But but for Friday, cause, because they said nothing for Thursday, nothing for Friday. Well, now they're, they're also saying, predicting something for Saturday, too. Oh, they really? For Saturday? Just just, just some light stuff. Yeah. Well, I think I think we ought to say fifty percent chance of, of showers, partly sunny. That's all we have, really. I mean, it's, it's just you know, hit and miss. But yeah, if it hits, I mean, yeah. Oh, did you see that article? And th- this was an actual article, and I didn't save it because I thought it was silly. An actual article said that scientists have discovered that to make an accurate forecast more than five days out is literally impossible. <laughs> Yeah, we know that, right? I've been saying that forever. You just, especially in the winter, when you have... But it's it's sad, but it's true. Oh, I know. I I know. Because so many, there's so many variables that could happen. I mean, it's just... And especially with fast-moving stuff, like right now, this is fast-mover. I mean, spring and fall are fast-move. We, we slow down in the winter, and we slow down in the, in the summer, but... I just thought that article was just kind of, kind of silly. Yeah. Well, well, it is true. It's I true. Mean, there's just no way you can do well, that. People don't understand that because they're now, you know, people shove that in their face on Facebook, 10, 10 day forecasts and, and models that they publish that they shouldn't be publishing. And exactly. So people think that it's possible and they may have somewhat of an idea, but Truthfully, anything could happen in the next ten days, and we we. I'll tell you this: and there was a there was an event in the spring where there was no threat of severe weather. We just came off of a severe weather day on a Sunday. Okay, and on the Monday we weren't expecting anything, and then all of a sudden. There was some uh, chatter with some Oklahoma City meteorologists 
about, yeah, we're going to have all these tornadoes come through. Storm Prediction Center wasn't saying anything. Next day, we had a high risk in Oklahoma of of severe weather. No way. You don't remember this? It was like May. This year? Yeah. Sure was. Wow. And it caught us off guard because... Well, yeah. Because the uh, we're watching them. I mean, you know, Storm Prediction Center didn't didn't catch on to it until you know twelve hours after some of the TV meteorologists in Oklahoma were catching yeah. on to it. And that's the one thing I really like what you do. You've got your but your your finger on Travis, and you got and and some other guys down there that what they're they're saying right, and that's good in the in the aspect that most not all but most of our weather comes from Oklahoma. So it's going to hit Tulsa and Miami, uh, and then move up this way. So that is, it's, and you text me every now and then. It's like, you know, Trav is talking about. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, really? Okay. So I, I start perking my ears up a little bit. And Travis, I respect Travis. I, he was a coworker of mine in Tulsa, and if he mentions something, then it's going to open my eyes because I respect him enough to know that he's not going to post something that he doesn't believe in. Oh yeah, and he goes live, and I, I tell you, send me oh, his yeah. his. You know, I've watched. He's the, great. He, he's awesome. I mean, he he obviously knows what he's talking about oh, yeah. because he, I look. He knows Oklahoma for sure, and Oklahoma weather. Well, and people in Oklahoma are very attuned and astute to know. Pay attention to the weather because that's right. where the weather is, is going to happen. Uh, yeah, you know what? We have the Miami. Stormdar Weather Network now. Correct? I have a network set up all over the That is so cool. And I looked and you posted something like a little over an hour ago. Our Stormdar Weather Network is growing fast. It is. And I'm always looking for new locations. Yeah. Yeah. And there is the opportunity for our followers, if they were interested enough... I mean, there's a cost involved. If, if if you were to invest in a weather station, anybody can become part of our Stormdar Weather Network. Yeah, but they would need to do a specific uh, weather station, right? They can't just get a thermometer and a rain gauge. Right. Yeah, they need to have that. We need one that is compatible with our our API, or uh, that's our data, our data for our website. Mm-hmm. So one that can talk directly to our website and give instant updates there are certain there's certain weather stations out there and if anybody has any questions about that or which station to buy just let us know we'll, we'll you know. yeah email us at storm we weather do, we do have one that's we we prefer yeah and, and, it, and it's not it's, it's not one of the higher priced ones yeah because you can get them up to a thousand. Oh, I mean, yeah. ours is definitely not a thousand. Trust me, <laughs> it's but it's cheap. It seems cheaper. to be the one of the most popular ones, though. Yeah, and it's it seems to be pretty consistent with the others around across the area. Mm-hmm. We have one here at Stormdar headquarters, and we have one at Brad Case's house here in town near Steak and Shake on on seventy six in that area. And honestly, I'm astonished on, on how close together they are in tune sometimes most of the time the temperature is right on with ours which is wild yeah because yeah. they update every minute and the, right. the, the temperature we we don't calibrate that's a the, the only thing that we calibrate is, is the barometric pressure 
And uh, <clears throat> yeah, because of your elevation and, and where you're at and stuff. But uh, yeah, Brad, I can tap into Brad's and I can tap into mine. And they're very, very, very close. Uh, we have one in Kimberling City, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, there's. Uh, do you have it up? Where, where all do we have our stations now? Well, I got two, two location stations here in Branson, one in Springfield, Kimberling City, uh, our friend Cade's weather station. He oh, has Cade, the yeah. same station uh, that we do. I'm not sure if it's at his house or at his school, but that's fine. But- we have it at Rocky Comfort, Missouri, and that's right on the county three county lines of Newton, McDonald, and Barry. It's right in the oh, middle of okay. those three counties, which is a good place to. That's a great that's place. Perfect actually. for Branson to see what's coming this way. Right. Uh, we have one in uh, Joplin. Uh, Cherokee County, Kansas, over in Riverton, Kansas. Oh, good. And that's, one that. that's just the county to the west of Joplin. Like Pittsburghish type area. South of Pittsburgh. South of Pittsburgh. It's okay. the county north of Miami, Oklahoma, and west of Joplin. Gotcha. Gotcha. Pittsburgh will be the county above that. Above that, I, right. I would like to add Pittsburgh. We just got to find people to add, add these stations. Yeah. Most of these people already had these stations. Now, Brad didn't. He he got one after mm-hmm. we did. Uh uh, Cherokee County, Kansas, and Fayetteville, Arkansas. Now, I also have one set up for Miami, Oklahoma, although it's not a personal weather station because I do not have a personal weather station in that town as of yet. Now, we have plans to purchase one, uh, but right now I'm using the uh, the Oklahoma Mesonet, which okay. has a location at the airport. And for whatever reason, NOAA doesn't use that as an official gauge for Miami. Really? They get their official uh, readings from Grove. So anytime you see a, a weather map on TV or in an app, your your current conditions are coming from Grove, which is 30 miles to the south. Wow. So that's 30 miles. That's that's quite a ways. Miami is bigger than Grove. I don't understand why, why Miami doesn't have one. Oh, got me so, scratching. So, so I'm looking to get a weather station uh, up in Miami in the next couple months for sure. But... Still, what I have available for Miami is much better than what was available before. Yeah. Because it's very consistent, and it's located at the airport, and it has everything you need to know, and it's right there on the website. So, Yeah, and, and what we've been saying, too, I mean, if you want to make the, the purchase uh, in getting a weather station, that's really the only cost. I mean, because it goes yeah. wirelessly. It's wireless. It's and wireless, and it's like I Solar power. Solar, because, I mean, we, we won't have to get up on the roof for another, like, three three or four years till the batteries start. You pretty much set it and forget it. And you get all, you get yeah. a little thing, a little display in your house. It tells you exactly what's really going cool. on. It tells I you how much that. rain you're getting. It tells you the rain Wind rate speed. per hour. And it updates every minute. Well, your display up is, is, is that's what I mean. Time. If you, if you got the actual thing, it's, it's like every minute, but, but on the website, it's like, what do you say? Like five minutes or something somewhere around there, which is still fine. That's, uh, it's better than an hour, and that's why I did this, because Branson's uh, observation station at the airport updated every hour, and sometimes it was not even every hour. It wouldn't, it wouldn't do that. And sometimes it's just broken. So I felt yeah, we clear to, and, to do you know, Showers and clear. Because no, that, no, no, no. <laughs> and, and, and it is, I'm surprised about how much the temperature varies within that hour that we didn't know about because, well, first of all, the, the airport's pretty far from Branson. Yeah, seven miles. Yeah. So, but the elevation's different. There's so many different variables that we felt we needed to make a purchase and start this Stormdar Weather Network. And 
and just to have the the the, the latest current conditions especially during uh winter when you have a cold front coming through and it's raining and we need to know when it's where that freezing yeah. line where is. is that critical point that your roads may start start you know freezing up at that so point. we can check in with Miami joplin you know cherokee county kansas is the first on on the list when it yeah when that cold front comes through right Rocky now comfort i would love to have one in aurora or mount vernon that would be we need really to have one nice. in aurora mount vernon we need to have one in forsyth I'd love to have one over by Silver Dollar City. You know, the Silver Dollar City, we've been talking about that because so many people, it's like Branson. So many people come to Branson. So many people go and visit Silver Dollar City. Well, it's a destination in itself. Yeah, and we give lots. We, we've actually had lots of messages, and we give lots of forecasts for the potential Silver Dollar City. People want to go to Silver Dollar City. They message us, is it going to rain? We want to go. So we then we check and everything. So that would be really nice to have a Silver Dollar City weather station. We'll just have hundreds of them. But we have that? a lot of people over in Forsyth, so if anybody wants to yeah, make that you know, leap yeah. into the Storm If you're Dar interested, weather send us an email, stormdarweather at gmail.com, or just uh, send us a direct message through our Facebook page. Yeah. Well, let's get to the tropics. Uh, I thought they were dead, but uh, no. <laughs> Well, well there's still, I mean, they're kind of hanging on. Got a couple more weeks. A couple more weeks, and it, it, it's hanging on. I mean, the, it, and in the Atlantic, there's a broad area of low pressure about 250 miles east-northeast of the Leeward Islands, and that might develop into something, not major if it does. Uh, they're thinking maybe a 60%. It's an orange X, so that means, yeah, they're watching it. Um, they think it's going to go northwest, uh, and then it'll turn northward. It's not going to affect any land, but it's just kind of out there, kind of Mother Nature's way to say, hey, we're still kind of churning out there. But that's it for the Atlantic. Uh, Eastern Pacific, we had Raymond, a tropical storm, actually, Raymond. Uh, kind of went going there. I was really surprised. Uh, did, did What what do we have in the Atlantic, Corey? We had like Raphael, or what, what was the R? Rebecca. Rebecca. Yeah, there's now we're but to R in both Pacific and yeah. uh <laughs> and the Atlantic. So we've got Raymond, but Raymond didn't last long. Raymond lasted a nah. couple of days and then went like that. Uh but they're thinking that this is what I mentioned before about this uh the the the, the two theories is like Raymond combine with another system, move up to Baja, kind of move up. Oh, I didn't mention the other theory. I mentioned the Raymond theory, but the other theory uh, is that the front... uh, Boy, I'm circling back. I just remembered I didn't say that other theory earlier in the podcast. Uh, the, The Raymond moving up and giving us some rain is one thing. The other theory is that the front would move down and stall, which we've had... Quite a bit, so several I, times. Yeah, in the I past few. don't know if that's going to happen again. That's four or five days out from now. We're just going to have to see. So anyway, all right. So now I circled back around. The plane is circling and circling and circling. Is it a hurricane hunter plane? Uh, no, it's not reconnaissance. Oh. Not at this point. Uh, but anyway, so okay. So now back to the tropics. We got the, the moisture spreading into Baja, and if that may combine, get, you know, like I said, go up to Arizona, New Mexico, and kind of come up. We don't know yet. It's too far away. And we have Tropical Depression 21E, uh, which is like kind of a, a pre 
tropical storm, and that's like, mm, you know, where they'll watch it. It maybe thirty miles an hour sustained winds, uh, maybe a circulation. I mean, if it has any type of circulation, they will actually name it, uh, you know, their number twenty one E or or whatever the number. Uh, but it's post now, and uh, basically, it's kind of become a, a nothing burger. And then Central Pacific, nah, they're all just enjoying These, everything. Uh, this tropical update probably won't be going on much longer because we're going to be out of tropical storm season soon. Yeah, yeah. The the end of end of November, what, get another week and a half? What's today? The 7th, 18th? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the 30th, uh, it, it's over. I mean, the, the, the technical tropical season may be over, but, you know, if we have, you know, anything pop up, we're of course going to say that. I mean, when did Superstorm Sandy? That was that. Wouldn't that like in a January or something? Mm, I forget. I don't remember. Ah, I'm going to have to. I'm going to. I'm writing that down. So something that we will say we will look up, but we will forget. Here's what I found. Oh, I got okay, it right here. Well, look at you. It was in 2012. Okay. Doesn't tell me when though. <laughs> <laughs> When? Okay. October 22nd. Oh, is it October? Really? It dissipated November 2nd. No kidding. I thought that was a late in the winter. So that was at the end of the... Oh, mm-hmm. that was an October thing. Well, I just got edumacated just now then. now you know. And now you know. And speaking of edumacated, I think it's about time for the weather school. So this week's Storm Door Weather School is all about winter precipitation, all the different types of winter precipitation, and actually some I didn't really know until I did this weather school. So let's get to that. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, Storm Door Weather School. Hey, it's snowing. No, wait, it's sleeting. I think. What's it doing out there? The type of winter precipitation varies quite a bit depending on where the freezing line is located in the atmosphere. Just a tiny change in altitude of the freezing line can make a huge difference in the type of precipitation that falls. Add in an inversion of warmer air, and we've got a complete mess, not to mention a forecasting nightmare. Let's take a look at the different types of winter precipitation and how it forms. Sleet is one type, often mistaken for hail. They are basically the same thing, frozen raindrops, but they are formed very differently. Hail is manufactured from a violent updraft in a thunderstorm. Water droplets are propelled upward at high speeds and freeze once they pass the freezing line way up in the atmosphere. The frozen raindrop then falls down into the warm layer, only to be propelled back up by the updraft. This up and down motion continues until the hailstone is too heavy to be supported by the updraft anymore, then it falls to the ground. If you dissect a hailstone, then you'll be able to see the layers the stone went through in order to form. 
Hailstones can range from small peas to the size of softballs, depending on the strength of the updraft. Sleet, on the other hand, forms much differently. Snowflakes in the mid to lower layers start to thaw as they fall to the ground, then refreeze, creating ice pellets or sleet. Sleet is generally the size of BBs and doesn't get much bigger. On very rare occurrences, a thunderstorm could form in the winter and we could get sleet and hail. Many times it's hard to tell the difference between the two, but if you look closely, then you'll be able to see the differences. Sleet will generally have an opaque appearance due to the snowflake melting into a raindrop and then refreezing into an ice pellet. Hail is normally harder and many times translucent. You can oftentimes see the rings in a hailstone, but sleet is generally one dimension. Freezing rain occurs when warm air in the low to mid levels melts any frozen precipitation into liquid. A shallow layer of much colder, below freezing air at the surface is not enough for the raindrop to refreeze, thus it will hit the ground as liquid. And since the surface air is below freezing, then the liquid rain will form a glaze of ice on objects at the surface, which is what we call freezing rain. If this process continues over a long period of time, then it is considered an ice storm. Ice storms can cause incredible damage, bringing down trees and power lines and making travel virtually impossible. Grapple is an interesting thing. Grapple is formed when supercooled liquid water droplets freeze on a snowflake. It's usually smaller than hail, but will look white and sometimes confused with hail or sleet. To tell the difference between the two, pick it up. If it's softer and falls apart, then it's grapple. The best way I like to describe its appearance is like the cotton portion on a Q-tip. And finally, the most common type of winter precipitation is snow. A pretty frozen dendrite that falls from the sky. There are several kinds of snow too. One kind is the simple prism. A simple prism is a hexagonal or six-sided snow crystal. These flat snow crystals look like small slivers of a pencil, though they can have ridges and other features. Simple prisms are the smallest of the snow crystal shapes and can't be seen by the naked eye. They are also the first stage of a snow crystal's growth. While some snowflakes keep this shape, others will grow branches and facets and take on other shapes. Stellar plates are flat snow crystals that have six arms stretching out from a hexagonal center. Snow crystals' shapes are partly determined by temperature. These crystals form when the temperature is between 5 and 10 degrees Fahrenheit. Needles are an interesting type of snow crystal. These are, as the name implies, small, thin crystals that resemble needles. They start as flat, long crystals, but as the temperature gets colder, they become three-dimensional needle crystals.
Stellared dendrites get their name from the word dendritic, which means tree-like. These snow crystals are what you probably picture when you think of a snowflake. Stellar dendrite snow crystals have branches stretching from the center, and the six branches can also have branches. Fern-like stellar dendrites have six branches that look like the branches of a fern plant. If you've ever experienced powder snow while skiing, you have experienced these fern-like stellar dendrites. These snow crystals can also be seen with a magnifying glass, as they are usually around 5 millimeters in length. Wow, that's a lot of information on winter precipitation. Whether it's snow, sleet, freezing rain, or grapple, you'll now be able to identify the different types and impress your friends. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And there you know all about grapple and all sorts of winter precipitation that looks like Q-tips and might Every fall. year, every year, yep. I get a report that it's hailing. Right. And I've already gotten a report this year for that. <laughs> yeah. It's, eh. You got to really be careful when you're trying to hail and sleet. They're similar, but they're not the same thing. They're not at all. No. No, they're, they're manufactured different. I mean, they are little balls of ice, yes. But that's about. Kinda. Well, yeah, but that's about the, 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 the most that they You usually don't through. have sleet damage. No, no, no. Sleet never really gets bigger than the raindrop. <laughs> I got some sleet damage over here in Fort Yeah, Zion. I better. Yeah. What's that code on the adjusters uh, thing? <laughs> yeah, now we will say, um, and, and we've had this before. If you remember, I think it was a couple of years ago, we had some uh, low-end thunder thunderstorms. I'll say a thunder shower. They weren't heavy or anything, but we got reports of hail in these light thunder showers, and people are freaking out. I'm like, well, in hail, the freezing line is way lower. <laughs> so, yes, it is possible you get a little bit of lift. It's going to push it past that freezing line because in, in the, 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 the the summertime, the, the freezing line is like 12,000 feet up there. But in the winter, fall, winter, and first part of spring, that freezing line could be 3,000 feet. Not yeah. right. <laughs> so, you know, you get a little bit of lift. It will manufacture some hail, but most generally you're going to get get some sleet out of it. But it's not, if it's not f- somewhere, you know, in the range of 35 and below, you know, it's not going to be sleet. Yeah, yeah. When you get lightning and thunder, people freak out. You're yeah. gonna you're gonna get hail easier. Let's, right. That's what I say. It's going to be easier to manufacture because lift. That's how hail forms. You have lift. All that moisture being lifted up into a colder atmosphere, blah, 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 blah. So we actually did some research uh, from last year, November 12th, 2018, when you mentioned that we had that uh, winter weather advisory. Uh, we actually did have some stuff go on. I mean, we didn't, Branson. but Springville did, though. Yeah, what what is I looked, I'm uh, re- referencing back, uh, we went to... Where is it? Oh, Weather Ops, which is, didn't you say that's Radar, Radar Scope? It's the same company. 
radar scope. Yeah, I mean, it shows at that specific time uh, on the 12th, uh, lots of places in Missouri, winter weather advisory. We had stuff down in uh, uh, western Oklahoma. Looks like Oklahoma City got some stuff. And they have a, a snowfall map. And it looks like uh, Nevada over to St. Louis, right along I-44. I-44 seems to be that delineation line. Uh, to Cassville, looks like they had two to four inches of snow. So that would qualify for the winter weather advisory. Now, uh, looking at this map, <laughs> you get to Branson. We didn't really, I don't think we got much. Uh, no. Uh, and uh, thunderstorms went across the southeast. This was a pretty decent uh, storm maker and tons of maps. Uh, weather Ops, OPS, which I thought was really, really cool. That's where we found that out. So we, we've done that. So, hey, did you see this? Uh, this is our next segment in other news. Uh, I read this article. It was on CNN. You can go check it. Now, Now, granted that this article was from last Friday. Today is Monday, so it may be more than this. But Key West, Florida set a record for 233 consecutive days of a daily high equal to or greater than 80 degrees. Cool, huh? Well, warm, actually. Yeah, mild. Balmy. (laughs) Balmy, right. Florida Keys. I can see that for sure. 233 days, that's... Consecutive. Now, the one before that was 225 days. I forget what year that was. They mentioned that. But yeah, and and that was this Friday. So, I mean, we could... If if that happened on Saturday and Sunday, then we can add two to this. Mm -hmm. But consecutive days of 80 degrees or higher... That's pretty... That's why people move down there, I guess. Oh, man. Well, I wouldn't want to move down there in hurricane season. I would. That, really? Well, I know you would. Maybe for one. I, I, I want to experience a hurricane before, you know. See, I just want to experience a tropical storm. Well, whatever. Because, well, that's good good enough for me. <laughs> I'll take a tropical storm. If a hurricane comes along, that's a bonus. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, I'm talking to to my cohort who's a a tornado chaser. Yeah. yeah. Right. I just like to stay here and man man the excuse me, man the helm. Well, the National Weather Service uh has a special thing. Well, they do special things every every now and then, and since we are a weather ready nation ambassador, uh we relay this information and November I think the 20th November 20th which is Wednesday is National Winter Weather Awareness Day and they they put out a a a, a PDF graphic and everything what the the National Weather Service in Springfield that's what that's what this says it's uh, from the National Weather Service in Springfield no computer I it always asks me if I want update up install your updates. No, I'm going to have to eventually do that though. Well, I know, but uh, not right now. I'm in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> um, so the winter, now this is from the National Weather Service, the winter 2019 U.S. temperature outlook. It looks like uh, the southern third of Missouri, uh, along with most of Kansas and most uh, all of Kentucky, uh, is in the 40% of chance of being warmer than normal. So that's, that's 40% is pretty good that their confidence is that it's going to be a little warmer than normal. This goes from the whole season of 2019, 2020 
winter season. Uh, on precipitation, they are saying uh, equal chances, EC. And uh, what they're going to be doing, and uh, I'll, I'll put my own spin to this too. They have what they call a sit rep. And it stands for Situation Report. And they issue those. It gives a, a highly detailed uh, description of what they think is going to happen in the short term. So you've got a winter storm coming. You've got a snow event. You've got an ice event. You've got whatever. They'll, they will issue these sit reps uh, on occasion. Not every day, but when you have like a wintry mix or something coming through, and they'll give that. Now, my only caveat, and I need to – I wish they would allow me to um, – Right, you know, they they send you these reports, you know, surveys every now and then. The sit reps don't do a lot for me because they don't update them that much. They update them twice a day, and that doesn't do anything for me. Do they update them that often? They don't update them when there's nothing going on, do they? No, no, no. It's only when there's an event going on. Right. But when there is an event going on, it's only twice a day. So I get my better... I think they're mainly there for groups such as Skywarn type groups with spotters and just kind of keep everybody you know they like to be have as much information as possible and if one of these is issued then that heightens their awareness a little bit yeah i i i I get the idea but what will happen is they will issue it like say at one o'clock and they will say okay there's a winter weather advisory for these counties and a a winter storm watch for these counties blah 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 well six o'clock that night that will all change right but that doesn't. But, but, but they, they won't update it, yeah, right? They I won't gotcha. update it. So that's why it doesn't. For me personally, uh, it it doesn't provide that much of an information. I can get it's the a generalized report, not it's a, a situation right. report. Yeah, you know, I yeah, right. And when they give the situation, uh, what they say, okay, this is the actual text. Uh, situation reports provide vital information during high impact events. A situation report contains current warnings. Hmm. And I'm doing air, whatever, watches and advisories. The key messages are listed. Then the important forecast changes. The second page contains key points. If they would update it more often, I would totally be into it. Now, that's just my opinion. Take it for what it's worth. It does have good pertinent information. I'm not saying it's Is it, it it's a for worthless. sure thing? It's not like a beta thing? It's just No, no, no. no. This, this, is, yeah, this is sit rep. Yeah, they've had sit reps for a while. Um, so anyway, that's my spin on it. It is not worthless. I'm, I'm not saying it's worthless. Uh, it is very important. It gets information out there. Uh, something else they do is everybody needs to know what their winter storm products are. They have three products that what they list here. I think they have more than that. Uh, (laughs) they have the winter storm warning, which is, wait a minute, snow, sleet, ice expected, take action. Confidence is high that a winter storm will produce heavy, heavy snow, sleet, or freezing rain and cause significant impacts. So the winter storm warning, that's the biggie. Uh, so, you know, if you get a, a winter storm warning, be prepared for possible power outages, some ice, you won't be able to get out. The winter storm watch is before that. Uh, I'm leaning up into my computer because they have a very small uh, snow sleet and ice are possible. Be prepared. So confidence. Go get your bread and milk. Yeah, yeah, your bread and milk. Yeah. Uh, Well, that's what we need to issue is like we start getting the winter storm watches. Get that bread and milk thing out there. And the winter weather advisory. Um, uh, Winter weather is expected. Uh, Exercise caution. Light amounts of winter precipitation or patchy blowing snow will cause slick conditions and could affect travel. 
uh, if precautions are not taken. And those are handed out pretty freely these days. Yeah. I, I mean, and I did take one survey. and I think we had a podcast on this last, either last year or something on like well, that, yeah. where they consolidated they, a bunch of did. stuff. They consolidated. I, I don't know why exactly. But we didn't get a whole lot of winter weather uh, products issued yeah. for us anyway here. Right. That might help other places in the country, but... Yeah. They did consolidate some things into a winter storm warning or a winter storm right. advisory. Like, because I think a blizzard warning went into a winter storm warning, or an ice storm warning went into something. I yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's too broad. Anyway, I think there's actually I did a weather school on that. We need to do that weather school next week. <laughs> I know I did. I know I did a weather school. Uh, we'll figure that out later. Um, what they also give is probabilistic snowfall products. Um, The text that they say, probabilistic snowfall products, provide a range of snowfall possibilities to better communicate forecast uncertainties during winter weather events. These are used in sit reps and provide valuable information in snowfall forecasts. So what what they do, and I do like this. I really, really like this. They will give an expected snowfall projection, but they will also put two little maps right below that, the the, the the best case scenario and the worst case scenario. So I really, really like that. So the, so like the, the best case scenario, I mean, it, granted the majority of people do not want snow and ice and stuff like that. So it'll say maybe zero to half an inch. But on the, the other map, the worst case scenario, it may say three to four inches of snow. Therefore, you can see on their actual official graphic at the top, they've kind of taken both of those into effect and what they think the, the better outcome is. I do like that, the probabilistic uh, snowfall products. And of course, Winter Awareness Day, uh, I will read that. It's uh, the National Weather Service, along with the Missouri Department of Public Safety, Missouri State Emergency Management Agency, the Department of Health and Senior Services, the Missouri State Highway Patrol, and the State Fire Marshal have designated Wednesday, November 20th, 2019, as Winter Awareness Day for the state of Missouri. Winter winter storms and cold temperatures can be extremely dangerous. We urge people to use this day to review and the hazards and safety rules of winter weather so they are prepared for the upcoming winter season. Although we... Have probably not going to have much. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, so that's our winter preparedness. Uh, what we do, we we take pride in relaying these National Weather Service uh, products to everyone, and you know we'll do the the bread and milk report, and we'll do all all sorts of things. Um, we hit it pretty hard. If there's a yeah, yeah. I mean, if we get excited, you get excited. If we're not excited. Yay. We even hit hard if it's around us, you know, because there's usually nothing going on that wouldn't hamper us from. Uh, we, well, I put video of like Kansas City on down to Springfield last year on there. I mean, we were hitting it pretty hard when mm-hmm. it, it was like blizzard, whiteout conditions along. Oh, if it's I-20, major, yeah. St. Joseph was all you know shut down. We missed out here, but but we let them know up there. We have followers up there too. Oh, got, Kansas oh City. shoot! Yes, we have Kansas City, St. Joseph. You know, now if something's major, like a blizzard warning or something, yeah, we're we're going to cover that around around the area. St. Louis, we have tons of people in St. Louis. We have, uh, you know, that'd be nice to have a St. Louis weather station. 
I know where it could go. Really? Yeah. Oh, see, our weather network's going to be all over the place. But again, Fayetteville, I've got family friends down there. You got family friends in uh, in in Oklahoma. We've got all sorts of all sorts of things. So we. we we're just expanding and getting out there. So let's be ready wet, wetty, bleh, ready for Winter Awareness Day. Okay, I think it's time to get to the next segment. It's the weather word of the week. And this week's Stormdar weather, weather word of the week is... Two words. Yes. Snow grains. Very good. Snow grains. So, so what's snow grains? It's basically, all we get is just little grains of snow. I know. <laughs> That's all we've got. <laughs> snow grains are characterized as very small, under one millimeter, white, opaque grains of ice. And we call them grains for a reason because they're tiny. Yeah, we are. Yeah. They're fairly flat and elong- or elongated. Unlike snow pellets, Snow grains do not bounce or break up upon impact. Usually very small amounts fall, mostly from stratus cloud or, or fog, and never fall in the form of a shower. Yeah, so these are just little kind of snowflake wannabes, I guess. Like they kind of go I suppose. Maybe may, maybe the sky goes basically. They're just spitting snow. <laughs> well, you know, that's probably it. We Sometimes have- you get that and then it's- not even, nothing shows up on radar. It's not even that cloudy. Yeah. Well, especially the fog. When they right. say, what what was that? Let me, yeah. Stratus cloud. Stratus cloud is is just a, is that gray, opaque, just bleh. You know, when we say dark and dank day, that's mm-hmm. when you got these stratus clouds. You know, in fog, that does make sense. So, well, yeah. Hey, so, how about that? Wow. We have lots, lots to talk about. You know, I absolutely love doing this podcast. Really? I get excited when we first start, and then I get sad when it's about over. Well, I got some more information here. Hey, okay, let's keep going. Then. Well, <laughs> scientists came out on November 15th, which is a couple of days ago. Uh-huh. And they've been putting a lot of research into the anatomy of a severe thunderstorm that produces tornadoes. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, okay. tornado season's not that far away. It's the, it's well we got winter about but, three months yeah you know, I mean, yeah it's fun to talk about and be prepared. Well, they now believe that there's a direct correlation with larger tornadoes and how big the overshooting top of a thunderstorm is. Ooh, really? They, some people call that the bulge. Like the bulge of at the top of the thunderstorm. Okay. Uh, the top of a thunderstorm's anvil shape. Yeah, you know, yeah, you have, yeah. You have an overshooting top. Right. They call it the bulge. They're saying okay. the larger that bulge is, uh, cor- may correspond with the size of a tornado on the ground. Oh. And that bulge can be how many feet up oh, in the sky? 60, 70. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Way up there. So, But that bulge is caused by a stronger updraft. Makes sense. Makes total sense. So... Uh, they've surveyed several uh, severe thunderstorms that produced EF4 tornadoes, and they all had a larger dome across wow. over this. You know, okay, which, you know, it makes sense to me. Well, yeah, I mean, like you said, because that's when you have a strong updraft and wind shear, 
it's going to kind of cause that thing to twist. So therefore, if you have a, a, a bigger bulge at the top of that, that cumulonimbus cloud, that's a stronger updraft, which would mean correlate to a higher tornadoes. Um, yeah. And this is right from the article tornadoes with winds at more than 136 miles an hour, which is an EF three. Mm-hmm. We're more likely to have overshooting tops with areas greater than 34.7 miles. So they've broken this down. Wow. Yeah. Now, now what, what is, what is that article? Where, where is that? This is, uh, I need to put that in the, uh, it's a scientific article. I got it off of the uh, zoom radar Facebook page, which provides our radar for our website. Oh, okay. Um, wow, if that's a good article, I need to add that in the description. P H Y S dot O R G org. Oh, okay. It's an ORG, so that's American a, that's a Geophysical site. Geophysical Union is who did this article. Oh, okay. But it's a pretty long article. I'll, I'll see if I can figure diagrams out diagrams and all kinds of stuff. Figure to, out how to, to look at how to do that. It has that pictures in the, uh, for the people who like pictures. Oh, I like pictures. Graphs and grams yeah, and right. pictures and photographs and all sorts of things. That's really cool. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, it just totally make, believable. Makes sense, right? Because you look at a distance and you see those anvil. I mean, once you get to the the anvil level, that's just basically where the the thunderstorm goes up and like it just hits a wall, and then you got the the strong winds from upstairs blowing it over, and then you got uh, what was that weather school? There was a not weather school. There was a weather word of the week uh, the other week that talked about oh the little things uh, shoot. I don't know. I have to look for that. <laughs> Go back and listen to our other episodes. <laughs> yeah, we like doing this. I can't believe we've done 94. This is 94. We're getting up there. I know. And now you can find us on iHeartRadio. Yeah, iHeart. That's a new I Heart one. Radio, you know, iHeartRadio is a company that owns tons of radio stations across the entire country. So iHeartRadio app, the app gets a lot of promotion. So it's a very, a very popular app. How did you get? I mean, I thought we were on that. I don't know. I mean, how they, did you get that? They picked us up. We didn't. We didn't pursue them. Oh, they picked us up. Yes. Really? Yeah. They, well, they probably figured out that we were getting close to a hundred episodes. I'm so. sure that's what happened. Yeah. But they they picked us up. We didn't actually pursue it. That's which is nice. Awesome. That that is so awesome. And I noticed when you posted that, you know, a lot of people are really really happy because they use iHeartRadio. Right. So it's, now they can get the storm. Probably the most popular one out there. Really? And, you know, not counting like your your Apple that's built yeah. into your phone, basically. Well, the tune in used to be really, really popular. Yeah, I don't know if did. tune in is still still that out there. They 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 offer some things that other people don't. Other other apps don't. Oh, okay. Don't, you know, well they got they got live radio. Tune in does. Well, so does iHeartRadio if oh, it's okay. in that company. Oh, okay. So you have t- two live radio apps, which is iHeartRadio, which is all used to be Clear Channel Radio, which is now iHeartMedia. It's not Clear Channel anymore, uh, which is the corporation that owned the. And there's a few in Springfield, you know, three okay. or four. So they get a lot of uh, promotion on the air. So people downloaded it. So I just wanted to make sure that everybody knew we were a part of it now. Awesome. Wow. Also, do you know what happens on Friday? 
Let me see. Okay, today is the 18th, 20, 22nd. Uh, yes, I do. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. You know what it is? I have my annual physical. I go to my chiropractor, and I have an afternoon show. Well, that's a busy day for you. It is a very busy day. Well, you know, what What you are you talking get about? Home early, if, if you like to, you know, go to bed Uh-oh. when it gets dark <laughs> outside, because Friday is the first day of the season that the sun sets before 5 p.m. Oh, you don't have to tell me that. 4.59 ah. sunset on Friday. Ah. And then it just gets earlier after that. Can you believe that? 4.59? Well, I, I, I have always complained. I mean, I have an afternoon show. Most, not all, but most afternoon shows in Branson start at 2 o'clock. And the yeah. average show length is about two hours and 10 minutes it'll be pretty much dark when you're done so right so if it, by by the the december 10th or whatever if i have an afternoon show i'll be getting out of my show at 15 going to my car and the sun is going to sit after that i don't right. like that well i do not like that at all it won't last long because well it won't last long because that, season ends Right, yeah, but then at the end of December, and then everything we start getting the days right. longer again, and and okay, and here's the other thing I've been noticing, and uh, people have been pumping this a lot, and we're not that excited about it, but we've seen it everywhere. This big meteor shower that's coming—it's yeah, a Le- Leonids, is that it? Not the big one. No, it's not the big one. People are the pumping big one it up. Is not the Leonids. It's something different. That's oh, only shoot. a thirty-minute long. Something that I can't pronounce. Really? Four hundred meteors an hour. Will that happen? No, I don't, no, I, I've never. I don't remember in my life of that happening. They're saying it happened last in nineteen ninety-five, the year I graduated high school. I would have remembered that. I used to go look at these meteor showers. Boy, if it happens, I'll be out there live casting. <laughs> That'd be great. 400 an hour? Okay. 400 an hour, but it only lasts 30 minutes. Oh, well, if it's... Uh, then I'm going to be out there, too. I mean, that's... But I just... I don't think that's going that's to happen. That's when all that rain supposed to come through, though, right? The 21st, 20, 20, 20th through the 22nd. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's going to be pointless. Okay. I, I I'm looking at this. Meteor shower... November was it twenty first somewhere in there? It, no, that well, it says the Leonids. Uh, November's wonderful Leonid shower is active from November sixth through the thirtieth. The peak is expected on November seventeenth in the morning of the eighteenth. In the uh, in the yeah, dark sky, is... absent of moonlight, you can see up to ten to fifteen per hour, and that's not many. That's not the many. Meteor, no. The good meteor showers are a hundred an hour. See, well, yeah, and I was trying to figure out, like, where, where are they getting this four hundred now? I mean, I sent it to you. Well, the four hundred one is totally something. Totally, That's something different, right? Totally different. We're, we're going in through the the cat's tail of of something flying through the atmosphere. Yeah, see, the Leonids are the popular ones. And that's what's going well, to happen. One in December. What's the one in December that's even more popular? Uh, oh, shoot. It's usually yeah, the better ones. December. Yes, yes. We are looking on our computers right now because it's a podcast. Geminid. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the Geminids. <clears throat> uh, let me see. Uh, ooh, the American Medi- Meteor Society. AMS Meteors. All right. So... Uh, well, I got this. Geminids. This this other one 
that could produce up to 400 meteors per hour yeah, on what? November 21st. That's Thursday night. Yeah. They're saying it's called the, let's see here, Alpha Mono, Monocerotids, or I can't, I don't even know how to pronounce that. Yeah. Uh, only last half an hour, beginning around eleven fifty, which will be ten fifty p.m. That's not too late to go, but it's no, going to no. be hard to. Uh, we're probably going to have clouds that night. Yeah, yeah, maybe the forecasts and models keep changing. The last time an outburst happened like this is similar to the outburst of nineteen ninety five. An estimated rate of four hundred meteors per hour could peak on Thursday night, but you want to get. Out a half hour before the peak, which is about 10 or 10.15. Just in case they arrive early? <laughs> I mean, why would you? 400 meteors an hour? See, that, that I would go out. That's something. That's a lot. Yeah, that, that would be something to tell the kids about. Okay. Now, okay, so that is the, what do you call it? Uh, oh, that thing you can't pronounce. The Alpha... Mono monocero monocerotids, probably monocerotids. Uh, yeah, something like that. Hang on, alpha mono. Oh yeah, awful. Uh, I'm googling this. Uh, monocerotids, monocerotids. Oh okay, an outburst around four fifty. Uh, uh, yeah, four fifty UTC. So subtract six from that which would be 1050 UTC, which is what you said, right? Mm -hmm. A duration of up to uh, 40 minutes maximum. Remind me, you know, if we don't have anything, any clouds, that would be something we we would pump. Because we're not pumping the stuff that's going to be like four an hour or 15 an hour. That's just nuts. But the Geminids, I'm just reading on here, they're expecting... uh, the, the the meteors per hour rate, 150 an hour. So that's the Geminids. That's the one we were talking about. Um, the uh, Geminids are usually the, usually the strongest meteor shower of the year, and meteor enthusiasts are certain to circle December 13th and 14th on their calendars. Uh, this is the one major shower that provides good activity prior to midnight as a constellation of Gemini is well-placed. From 2200 onward. But is that UTC? It doesn't say. It just says 2200. I don't know. That'd be 10 o'clock. I don't know. Uh, Geminids are often bright and intensity, intensely colored due to their medium-slow velocity. Uh, persistent trains are not usually seen. These meteors are also seen in the southern hemisphere, but only during the middle of the night at a reduced rate. What are you saying? Here, here's some information on the what would you call them the mono monocerotids, mono monocerotids, yeah. Well, they call this website, which is amsmeteors.org, call it the yeah. the alpha monocertoids. <laughs> I don't think maybe. Oh, that, really? They ch- maybe that really a, maybe that's a, a typo. But uh, yeah, anyway, it says. Uh, because I'm on this site. Now it says down here they call it the serotids. Monocerotids. <laughs> or serotid. It's Who knows? Okay, the way it's spelled is M O N O, mono, C E R O T I D. So that's why it's like serotid. 
or serotid. So anyway. It says they are best known for four outbursts that occurred in 1925, 1935, 1985, and 1995. And they're saying this shower or meteor storm could compare it to 1995. Now, 25, 35, and 85 were complete surprises. They were not expecting it, but they were ready for it in 1995 and predicted it well in advance. So maybe they know they, they've kind of got a, a handle on when these could happen, and maybe they are onto something. 2019 might be the year. Well, that's true. Uh, I don't know that we'll be able to see it here in the Ozarks. It's worth, worth a shot, you know. I, you know, I'm going to put the amsmeteors.org in the description, so anybody can go go and see that. Yeah, it's got a search box. That's what I did to the monocerotids, serotids. Yeah. Well, if Shara was here, she would get the all sorts of pronunciations out on her phone. She'd do that. Yeah, it's very, very fascinating. Oh God. Oh, we've been talking quite a bit. We're over an hour on this thing. Wow. Yeah, so uh, warm-up, rain coming, and uh, we will probably, you know, uh, we don't see any stupid cold air behind this thing. I mean, there's chatter of snow, changeover to snow Friday night, Saturday. I'm not sold yet. It's too early. There's a chance of a a light wintry mix. Uh, Yeah, I'm not buying it right now. That's just me. Uh, and the latest model data is is showing the only changeover way up in central Missouri. So it's like, yeah, uh, not saying it won't happen. I'm just saying it's way too early to get really excited about it right now. Yeah, we talked about the tropics. We talked about Key West. We talked about weather. Weather's day. Uh, got anything else? Yeah, we're just full of it today. Uh, <laughs> no, we're, we're, I think we're pretty much. Got her taken care of. Got, got her got her taken care of. We got the weather word and everything. Well, I think it's probably time to wrap this episode up then. So be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdart Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdartweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website and our merch store at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. <laughs>